1998, I founded the Kalamazoo Poetry Slam. I did it because I had a few talented friends who needed a place to take their art to the next level. And because I knew there had to be more voices out there waiting to be heard. And because I wanted to go to an open mic where at least two out of three poems didn't suck. My name is Tracy Smith, and this is the KZU Slamcast. This is Slam Later, like, the poems are like, you dirty fucking whore. But this is one of the good ones from the beginning. My ears reach the suburban noise of night. There's a question asked in one limited moment that never crossed into the I am the Smith. I am the poet. I am the Industrial Revolution. No longer bright as fireflies. Welcome to episode 30 of the KZU Slamcast. First off, I want to thank whoever donated five bucks. Red Circle is the service that I use to post the show on, and they distribute it to Amazon and, and Spotify and iTunes and all that. And they charge me about a hundred bucks a year, which is reasonable. One of our tens of listeners must have noticed the donation button and, and donated five bucks, so thanks for that. That'll go to paying the annual fee to keeping the podcast up and running for as long as I'm drawing breath. This week's show was recorded on March 20th of 2001. It's hosted by Carrie Worla. It's another cover slam. I think there, there are only three poets that we got on the recording, doing covers of each other's poems. It's right at the end. But there's a really good open mic to start with. And the feature poet is one of them there fancy, award-winning academic poets. Dennis Hendrickson. I've got a degree from Kalamazoo College, which I feel gives me the right to talk a little bit of shit about academic types and academic poets. And while some of them are Stuffy old pompous fucks and in love with the smell of their own farts. Some of them are not. And sometimes some of the cool ones stop by the show to share some poetry with us. It always takes Charlie a minute to set up, so I'm going to... First in here and remind you of a few things. One, beer. Drink it. Lots of it. Um, two, shameless promotion. We've got CDs for sale up here. Um, the Replacement Poets and Soul Matter Seekers, the uh, 2000 Kalamazoo Slam team. They are a bargain. They're, yes, Dan is demonstrating. Thank you. Um, five bucks a pop. A bargain. Is Charlie ready? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And it's Chuck's feature next week. A whole half hour of this. Next week, you got to be here for it. (laughs) Over at the baby factory. There was lots of poo and lots of pee till they fired up the diapering machine. They put the babies on conveyor belts. Wonder how them little babies fell when they fired up the diapering machine. 
diapering machine. Oh, home is really fast and clean. Oh, but it scares the, the hell out of me. was a new song. Needs a little more practice.
That was my second newest song. I'm using you guys for guinea pigs there. But this is an old song. I'm reading a book right now uh, called uh, She by Ryder Haggard, H. Ryder Haggard. It was written about 1880-something and is, I highly recommend it. And, uh, and, I, and I, this song I put away a long time ago because uh, I thought, you know, that's not about any woman I ever met. But it's not supposed to be. It's supposed to be about she. <laughs> heels she kneels and you crawl to her to be ten to be ten shave legs you beg and you crawl to her to be ten to be To be tanned by the hungry one, a lick of her lips, and she's done.
Thank you. All right, another reminder. Next week, uh, while Charlie is featuring, um, is our very last qualifying slam um, to get qualified to be in semifinals for a spot on the 2001 Kalamazoo Poetry Slam team. Uh, that is April, three weeks of semifinals, one week of finals, a couple of amazing features from out of town. It's a crazy month. You won't want to miss it. But if you want, really want to be part of the action, get down here next week, slam, qualify. Okay, next up we have whoops, Greg and Liquid J. Is this another one of these like poet names, Dirty B and Liquid J? And I feel like I should be like, I don't know. All right, that's your assignment. You have to come up with a poet name for me next. All right, Greg and then Liquid J. Hi. Oh, I'm going to read two poems, okay? Is that all right? Okay. Okay. I don't know. All right, this isn't about anybody, okay? It's actually about me. You know, every once in a while you write something about yourself, right? You got to kick yourself in the ass before somebody else does, right? All right. This is called Opus Magnificat. What the fuck are you laughing at? <laughs> Let me guess. This is the first movement of your symphony fantastique. Hold your breath. Violins are chirping. Conductor swings his baton. In the back, papers rustle. A libretto is being written between the opera glasses and blue hairs calibrating the opening measures. But you aren't Eugene Ormandy, are you? You probably don't even know who he is. And yet you've been mumbling this intermezzo for quite some time now, becoming quite clear that you've measured out your life with exclamation marks, writing secret letters to yourself, truncating your memories into dissolvable tablets. An ounce of seltzer for posterity's sake. The bubbles cry out a dry, disconsolate tune as you hold the glass to the fading light of your opium trance boarding this train wreck to nowhere. So you read a poem about a boring heroin addict, didn't we all, and didn't we all tap into our veins with freakish abandon, cool gorillas shooting up in coffee bar stalls, anything to drown out the vapid storytelling posing as serious art, tedious introspection, narcoleptic antidotes splayed across formica counters, meticulously chopped into paper snowflakes, origami for the indolent masses. But let me ask you, can you purchase serrations as a dietary supplement? And when will I know when the lacerations are about to appear? And is it really as simple as knowing that I'm bleeding and therefore have reacted positively? Old medical practices always come back in vogue. We tend to hang on to the tortures of our ancestors. Let me guess. Afterwards, we'll make our way to the oxygen bar, singing as we stagger, Courtney, your husband's dead! Smoke some pot, rage against the machine, then spread our legs over the beer stein conveyor belt and moan. But if I was an artist, you would say, with a believable tear in your throat, your big mouth striking again, but if I was an artist... 
A dry, disconsolate tune would pour from my throat like an arpeggio servicing from Bartok's fourth movement, and my yellow, lazy eye would finger you between crescendos. Bartok gagged and tied with a red ball kissing his soft palate, lodged between violins and oboe, tugging deftly at the buttons of your brassiere, pinching and twisting until your breasts sag with certain gravity, your eyes ripening a surprised gasp, arching your penciled brows. Yet here you are again, once again, laughing, solitary, a mantis in a cage, muttering in library shadows, I am so sick. If I was an artist, I'm sick. I'm this. I would speak the thousand atrocities pouring between my sinuses and cuticles, for I have shuffled desks full of days. Finally arriving at this empty hand, this grifter's prize, my fingers cocked like puppets, so many chingas and maricones, my dehydrated ass cheeks violently rouged like a tattooed war poster of Uncle Sam offering you his middle finger. But I do what I want, and I do want you still. And I am pointing nonetheless, am I not? And yes, you are correct. I did not always look this guilty. Impossible to carry this sadness forever, watching the world through refracted eyes, Beetle Boy flailing on his back for pennies, tears pulling prismatic with an insect's heart. At any given point, the sockets shrink, agony drains into thirsty pores, then like a stage actress after years of performance, pores opening, calla lilies pocking a meticulously structured face, skin pocked with the force of intention, sandblasted by ellipsoidals and the acid wash of a thousand curtain calls. And always, in the quiet of the dressing room, removing sweat and character with cold cream, always Bartok, spinning into corners. Magenta tines threading her sorrow into cobwebs, poised to catch dust when no witless victims pass her way. And here you've written yourself dangerous. You're master of no discipline, purveyor of expression, curiosities, widgets. And if the universe is so large, able to contain your ramblings, then why have you written yourself so small? Lilliputian, you infinitesimal braggart. Wrapped up in your Chinese finger tricks, garish stocking bundles, party favors at best. A truffle here, a spinach cake with a light fluffy crust there. So tasteful you, a lemon bowl to finger between courses, setting your margins within the context of a punchline. No air remaining for the punctuated flesh of an interrogative mark. And yes, I will scrape you into the cold glass of my Petri dish lighting the Bunsen burner so that you might expand and breathe, and so for the sake of experiment, I might proffer an interjection. If I was an artist, blah, 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 blah. This, blah, 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 and this, and blah, blah, and blah, 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 blah. Bartok winds into the night, a dry, disconsolate loner, not requiring your escort genius. If you were an artist, you would be sweeping tears from between the walls of your cartoon-ready mirage. Pity you only have room for laughter, not given to the discomfort of speaking one true line. Pull for the future, set! Shotgun blast, reload! Pull for the future, set! Shotgun blast, reload. Pull for the future, blast! Pull for the future, blast! Pull for the shotgun, recoil, reload the pass, and reset, 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 reset! Pull for ignition, information is hungry, space and speed. Volume thickens, liquid which plasma cooling, volume demands attention. Quick, Captain Beefheart, 
You pupils are twitching like magnetized BBs. It's time now. Oh, yes, it's time now for you to get off your raven hair blowing in the wind if I was a red man. A tweedle, tweedle, twaddle, tweedle, tweedle, deedle, deedle, dum. All night, Earth Mother Vigil on stone altar beholding I and I against you and you. Planets unto ourselves spinning spiritually so. Moss growing between your fertile, fertile toenails, green with abdication. All encompassing the right on goddess incarnate giving lateral blessings and spectral prismatic glory. All you gorgeous castaways floundering on porous beaches. Be my bed partners, you fabulous midget maggot eaters. I too like you digress, but my how we howl. La luna noche! This beast is our lunatic lymphatic lover. But my how we scream with fistful of dollars, blade-born coyote men in luxurious furs. Attentive to your Saturn rings swirling around Uranus, tweaking Neptune's ripe nipples into full mercurial view. A benediction for Venus and her sisters revolving around Mars. Magic cache of CO2 crystals somewhere buried beneath a red man's raven-shocked skull. I... A laureate hero squatting in a convenient stall, held up to the next to the fat man, flatulating, flatulating his pints of beer and pork tenderloins. My, how our taste grows gray with indolence. My, how our cheeks and jowls sag like bags of brown rice, boiling at an open hearth, the stench of roasting meat splattering against our nostrils, round and beautiful. The corned beef hash roiling in my grandmother's iron kitchen next to the stewed cabbage. And what are you, if anything but meaningful? See how they come to worship you? And this laughter is because of you. And this applause is because of you. And these tears are for you. And this adoration must be for you. Because you have become beautiful. Believable. How they would baptize in your receivable fears. This do in remembrance. Dying with your death. Raised in your resurrection. Ascending with your upward lockjaw gaze. The whole of humanity. Your devoted automaton. Motivating. Wanting to become the one through which you find center. Memorable. Beauty heavy with delight and made in perfect wonder, simple. For thought and reason have fused like an old woman's arching osteoporosis. Logical, doubt abdicated in group consensus, unique. You alone, singular, equestrian. Staying distant, you, unworthy, you, mundane, you, truncated, you, bleeding for approval, you, and you, scratching for a rousing chorus. Oh, there's a bongo in my head, but it's not me. There's a bongo in my head that I can't see. I bounce around the world for panaceas. You never told me how I don't wonder, I lick the boils from off my ankles, the sand is hot beneath my fingers, sometimes I stare in opium splendor, I think of what I left behind, not so much a walkabout, more like a duck and cover across the seas of, there's a gospel singer in my head, well it's not me, there's a gospel singer in my bed, I refuse to see, I roll around and blame the devil, she curls her hair and shares her hymnal, the pages fold like easy whiters, I want to smoke her smooth, soft notes, but an angel lingers in the shadow, I think he wants to drain my marrow and see how far I'll go before I crack it too, Begging for sex with her. Hungry thighs between satin pajamas gorging on our linen pillows. There's a lawnmower in my head, but it's not me. There's a lawnmower in my head that has three speeds. There's a lawnmower in my bed that will only tease and rouse me. Tease and rouse me. Tease and rouse me. Tease and tease, then shrink into indifference. There's a poem in my head, but it's not me. There's a sonnet that just can't seem to break free. You spin around in lazy circles. I throw my hands into your manacles. You keep me in your darkest dungeon. You pull me out when you need a punchline. I have a fist of broken reasons. I lay awake at night and dream of treason. I want to take you like a lover, then I want you to disappear. And there's a person in my head, but it's not me. There's a prison in my head I can't quite be. If you stop your flapping lips, you just might see. And if I look somewhat familiar, let me know. And if I choke out your name, don't let me go. I'll say your voice, choke. And speak your face, choke. And don't let go, choke. And worship, choke. Flapping lips, choke. Underground conductor spanking my not nearly appreciative monkey boy. And don't let this stop, but 
Still, she was hungry for information. She was liquid nitrogen rich with the pleasure of her name. Blast! She was demanding the devotion of the moss between my toes. Set! She was green with delusion, encompassing goddess incarnate, lateral yet setting on her amoeba horizon. Reset! If I was a red man, a raven, 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 blowing in the blowing in the pool for the future. Set! Shotgun blast! Reload! Reset! Pool for the future! Blast! Pool for the shotgun recoil! Blast! Reset! Blast! Reset! Blast! Reset! Blast! Recoil! 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 Famished for space and speed. <clears throat> Saturated minds drip ideas to the pool that the jungle tries to hide. Vines and leaves prove to be a container that keeps sunlight from dancing on the earth beneath it. Green canopies act as clouds but do not move, only sway with the winds, letting the sun tickle the life that resides in this vast land. Few enter and few leave, but life forms of millions exist. The lick of a frog can prove deadlier, deadlier than a kiss of a snake. Species that have never graced the human eye dwell and prosper in this wicked paradise of awe and confusion. This is my mind. I get feverish thinking about previous times gone by. Bug got me high, throat drive, take a sip, groove to it, a new twist, peel your cap, because a lyrical gift is something you might lack. Sit back and think, I got your mind on the brink of a comatose. Just one dose of the chorus, got your voice hoarse. Will you survive the length of this, will you survive the length of this vibe as I go deeper and deeper and touch the soul of your life? A nomadic mind is what I possess. No, L, I never smoke cess less. Just in case I keep a sack of the chronic in the base of a vase. No face, just a pair of eyes, bloodshot and red, my everyday disguise. Get wise to the way of the 420 blaze. No maze, a, a clear path to the salvation through the dense haze. Marley's voice speaks a gospel of all that he preached. A le legend lives on, take a seat and let his words reach. He'll lead you to the way to which he taught and the rights for which he fought. Now you're in the midst of all that he brought. Inner strength and peace, ex execution of freedom of speech. Knowledge and wisdom kept secret to make people weak. Doors of perception kicked open, phrases spoken, riots in the street. The damn info now leaks. On our way to the first, on our way with the first stop, walking through petals of all those who wept. <clears throat> the shock from the socket of my eye is high voltage information from my mind the grip of the hand can and, and does determine who I am to you nothing but confused and lost having to pause just to laugh my mind always thinking thoughts that are real or hallucinating precious pure discriminating hard fought conflicts explode like war on an unknown seashore ferocious in fight a crash landed flight what a nuclear sight. My shoes traveled the asphalt of the globe, the seven seas of cultural tidal waves of the hate. Remove the inner tube and life jacket and drown in the bowels of pleasure within the confines of the solar system. And smile your smile like the rays of the sun warming the souls who wander looking for something that might never come. And dream dreams of wants and needs, bad luck, good luck to thee. Those that whimper at the rising moon become entranced by the star that reflects the glistening of the brow that has swept from a hard days of thinking. Overheated and now ready to cool, you crack like cold glass embraced by extreme heat. The pieces make up the whole but can never be reassembled for the edges are tempered and some are caught in the winds of disgust, thrown to join the sifting sands of some unseen desert hidden by the trees that cast shadows of darkness on the, on the plains of the wild west. For now the streets are quiet, but listen to the sounds of the voice that speaks with no face, music created to the ears of the tuned. 
clear and precise, no set frequency, just the rhythm and blues of life. Far and beyond the apex of the colored arc is a, pot, is a pot of gold that is supposedly the seed of happiness. Beware of the gold when it turns green with envy those that are around you. The yellow brick road leads nowhere, and the bright blue skies are red with hues of the northern lights. The purple haze has shocked the nation, bringing prime time vibrations. This is my station. Refresh my mind in this journey of time, frozen in motion like a mime under my potion. Lotion rubbed smooth, bringing the myth of the groove to the light. Focus your sight to the down under. Roar, thunder, sober cry for mother. Intensity roars, sparks fly, life begins the moment you die. Realize what to strive for, see within the inner core. Siphoned essences, stuttered sentences, a collaboration of thoughts, erase store-bought materials. Think... Things to bring joy, fake toys, instant gratification and spinning, but a long-learned memory and lending. Ideas leak like diarrhea of the hole once spoken from. Now you're choking from the terror, terror of someone else's thoughts or what they think. You blink once, they laugh, and blink twice, they pass, and will add a glimpse to your eye. The all-seeing eye blinded by the sty that crept when the sand blew. You're lying on your back in a pyramid tomb, pull the slab over and withdraw from your sins. Now you're stuck within your sin and you're thinking it's the end. But it moves and sunlight creeps, a beautiful woman you were destined to meet. Take hold of the hand and let her help you stand. Her caress instantly removes the stress. Comfort eases your eyelids shut and rest. The mind must manifest. Dead poet society brings sobriety. Focus your eyes on me. Don't lie to me. The truth shall set you free. Make you flee who acts the apple tree. Musical grace leaps blindly at a fast pace and slows her heart down, but raises spirits, erases frowns. Mood set, regret, conquering inner souls, a self pilot. Perpetual motion, revolutions of the earth, kinetic energy, beauty of birth. Dew drips off a rose's petals, tears flow from emotions that are brittle. An artist brush strokes a canvas, painting images of a world in anguish. Picasso's distorted visions of sight. Love might conquer all, but the inner fight. Think like a mono, artistic soprano, follower of the yin yang model. Spin the bottle back in time. Creation of David with the blade of a scalpel. Last judgment painted in the Sistine Chapel. Artistic works flow from a pen tip. Get hip to those who write it. Oh, it's for idols that have passed. Memories last evoked from the mind's stash. The raven perched high above. Pose mind attacked the dove. Deep wicked thoughts adorned with elegance. A purloined letter used for evidence. Don't be hesitant. Vowels, ha vowels consonants, colored designs. Poured from souls become refined. The dead poet society is alive again when intoxicated with philosophies from within. And this last one is a, a battle that was never fought with one of my friends. Three years captivated with penitentiary fears, but no tears are dropped by my so-called peers. Now they talk and study balking. Keep your eyes alert because my talons are sharpened like a falcon's. I'm on the prowl for my prey. 1,095 days equals the three I did for our bid. Do the calculations, I ain't no whiz. Just street smart with heart. Spit poison on the tips of my dart. Don't hate me because I'm back and you whack these just facts and you lack the tact, ambitions, and goals. Thinking your shit going to come up gold. I'm your foe you got to reckon with. Open your eyes, son, I'm the plant, and I'm kid. You got to drop Sid to come to my reality. My mind's so deep they think I'm a natural-born prodigy. My philosophy spoken gospelly. Toxically, the peace of mind with velocity. That's my prophecy. Go read Machiavelli to try and understand me. I'm 20,000 leads under the sea with enough vision to reach far out galaxies. Don't get mad at me. The circle gift is just a part of me. Constantly, I be ripping silently. No rivalry. You, to catch a piece, you must listen quietly. You know the shit hitting atomically. A nuclear mockery. Shop therapy. Now you heard of me, but it's too late to debate the knowledge I create. You take, load, and create. Ship interstate. Distribute first rate. Pupils dilated. You process your fate. You hate me knowing what I know. Call checkmate. 
But I got one move to make. You made a fatal mistake. Rook takes bishop ain't no mate. Now I got your king on isolate, and you can't escape or emulate this flow from the unknown twilight zone. Moans and groans as I knock you down like dominoes and old foes. Go for what you know, but I'll always prevail. A whole nother level of sales. You pump half ounces, I pump shit in bales. Half tons for fun. Potent bug got the mind on the run. One toke suicide in the lungs, and it's only just begun. I'm here to stay, kid. I'm here to stay, and I, kid, I ain't going away. I can be a shadow another day. On your mind, tricks I play, molded like clay, and send you on your way to a new situation, stash in my prison population, miseducation, shame penetration, lateral lacerations, no, re no rehabilitation, intense concentration, mellow meditation, but that's just dog conversation for the small imagination. Look deeper than that. No gap when I pack, because I'm lyrically strapped. I got your mind mapped for this verbal attack. I'm coming full force in my pores till my voice gets hoarse. I'm ready to go to another flow. I got the skeleton key to unleash virgin boundaries. When the gates open, the knowledge finds me. And my anatomy overwhelmed with strategy and how to battle thee, creating visions on paper for you to see and hear. Imagination crystal clear. This is my atmosphere. Moons, planets, and stars. I'm like a black hole. Squash those who want to spar. The ring is my mind. My flow of felony crime. Doing time with my rhyme. will have you TKO'd in nine. I hold all three belts. The world champion welts. You ain't never dealt or fought with something like this. You need help to deal with the with the wrath because this is my craft and it's still not perfected, but it's my objective to be elected and selected to lead all the I'm protecting. I'm doing so with gusto on the way to the top. The number one pro, the microphone. Let it be known that I get multi-million pension plans for the fans who understand and demand to have their head scanned. I'm laying it thick like chocolate. These lines got people biting lips, schizophrenic, and drinking arsenic because they lyrically whipped and sick. A needle injection, just a small prick. But it does the trick, infect your whole clique. Now I've captured your thoughts. I'm going to flick this hit like a mob boss from the Venice pits. And behold, the birth of a legend embedded like a diamond in coal. All right, man, I got kind of angry this week. I didn't mean to. It wasn't my fault. This is, I hate this microphone. That's creepy. Hey, is anybody out there awake? <laughs> I didn't think so, man. Y'all are just like staring at me like I'm some like creature from outer space or some shit like that. Okay, so it doesn't want to stay. Okay, so anyway. It's called For What It's Worth. This year, we're fighting each other, hiding knives and contracts written in the blood that used to bind us together when we should be building a better future, not another war wall to be torn down by our children's children when they realize the past's mistakes stifle the possibilities. When we should nurture what could be instead, we kill what is. We tax the regrets of old friendships burned when the enemy was at the gates and the fortress fell and we look around for someone else to blame and point the finger in the direction of blindness when there are always three fingers pointing backwards. We don't see, won't open our eyes, don't stand for anything more than selfishness when we will all be poverty-stricken if we can't see the strength and understanding our weaknesses. The truth would be revealed in time that without you I am half of what we could be and now it's him against her us against them, you against me because of something that happened on a yesterday years ago and we can never forget that a heart was broken or an ego bruised when most of the pain in the world is caused by misunderstandings and we want to twist the knife just a little bit deeper because what are we if we aren't the wounds we won't let heal? The chips on our shoulders we wear of gar as garments of pride. Fuck the future, let's fight the past. Let's hold on to what hurts us most, our petty indignation because someone else got the girl in the end, someone else got the glory but when there's no one left to share the triumph with when there's no one to help drink the beer at the end of the night no one to share the tears with when it was harder than you thought when there's no one left to help you find your way home tell me what is it worth
All right, and uh, I got I got this one. Huh? I went to California. You all know that. This is called uh, Look Up, Little Sequoia. So I'm counting 42s on 94 to 55, and I'm following 23 all the way to St. Louis, passing through populated desolation where we memorialize bloodshed, and realization comes with every rusted trailer screaming that this is the true America. Dilapidated shacks and semis carrying cows straight to our dinner plates, killed just for you. And I don't know what disturbs me more, that most Indians don't have running water or that Californians do. And if you're going to San Francisco, eat sushi and leave. Don't talk to the locals. Their lives read like subtitles on a Woody Allen film. They're trying to shove modems up my ass with a dot-com chaser. It must have been an Eden once, but somebody ate the apple. And now when you fall in San Francisco, it's all over. You see, there's a gap on the corner of Haight-Ashbury and a hippie chick junkie trying to sell me a dime bag at the bus stop. And this is what America is. Rolling blackouts in Silicon Valley. One more, one vortex with more money than the entire Southwest. Billboards for Indian reservations litter the landscape with fields of long dead burned out Chevy while, is, while in Frisco they pay $1,300 a month for a one-bedroom garden apartment and consider themselves lucky. They get the Redwoods and we get Ford fucking motor credit. I want the internet to crash so I can personally smash every fucking Palm Pilot, break the chains of buying yuppies and money, and educate our children for real. Fuck school vouchers, take them to Moriarty, Arizona, show them real poverty. Show them Amarillo, Texas. Show them Golden Gate Park where 19-year-old children sleep beneath bridges huddled together with refugees from 1969 and it ain't long, beautiful hair anymore, baby. Ask where their next meal is coming from. This is the true America. I found more integrity in Vegas than I did in Berkeley. At least they're honest about the hypocrisy. So I'm counting 23s on 80 to 94, and I'm following 42 all the way home through mountains and farmlands, and I never thought that I'd say this, but I'm happy to be back in the Midwest because I went to San Francisco, and no one wore flowers in their hair. Something tells me Dawn didn't have nearly as much fun in San Francisco as she thought she was going to have. All right, I am going to wrap up if I can get the mic stand to do something that I want it to. Um, this half the open mic with um, a piece that I wrote after watching our feature perform up in Lansing one night. Um, I'd been to a reading that he and another poet were doing, and this is actually about the other poet. But um, <laughs> I was so riled up after watching these two great poets in one night that I went to a bar and wrote two poems in one night, which I'd never, ever do. This is called On Watching a Poet Dance with His Wife. They spin seamlessly across the floor together, finishing each other's musical sentences, feet echoing beats, echoing hips, as his arm snakes into its comfortable groove across the equator of her back, and I wonder, as he draws her close, if the absence of her breasts leaves a void in the heartbeat of the dance. They are here drinking beers in the blue-collar murk of a blues bar, toasting with sweating bottles the stiff success of his poetry reading earlier this evening. 
Into the wary silence, he poured his words of rattling uselessly about the empty house, the night he learned of the cancer's return and of crushing her softness against him. In a desperate slow dance in the nauseous clash of the hotel room, the night before she finally gave them up, sacrificing womanhood to the agonizing inside-out fight against an intruder, making her body its own. Her hands fluttered like nervous butterflies whenever his words painted pictures of her, and she sits in a standoffish stance with arms crossed over the new topography of her chest much more than she ever used to, but now they are twirling and weaving the precognitive pace that only those initiated by decades of sharing each other's space by day and breathing each other's air by night can, and it is in their thought-free movements that wind them together in wordless harmony, her arms flung as wide as her smile, that their unspoken strength sparks through. In the darkness, I raise my own sweating toast from where I sit with feet propped, grinning at the joy with which they maneuver the music, and for a splinter of a second, know without doubt or rationale that I would trade the beat of my heart against the soft cage of my breasts in a heartbeat, to know the knowing whose lead they follow across the floor to the unmistakable rhythm of the years. Dennis didn't go out to the bar with us that night, so you know maybe I would have ended up writing a poem about him. Um, it is my huge, huge, huge privilege to introduce to you tonight's feature. His name is Dennis Heinrichsen. Um, this is his old stomping grounds. He got his BA in English at Western, then went on, got his MFA at the University of Iowa, which is you know the big place to do that. Um, this is his book. He has copies of it for sale. You will want to buy it after you hear him read. It's Detail from the Garden of Earthly Delights. This is his third book. It's the winner of the Akron Poetry Prize, which is just one of the slew of awards he's won. And um, I've compared this man's work to verbal cheesecake. <laughs> oh, you saw that. Thanks. <laughs> it, it's thick. It's sweet. It's rich. It's dense. It's going to leave you wanting more. Um, please help me welcome Dennis Heinrichsen. Thank you, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, I want to start with a spring poem, uh, since it's the solstice, um, or equinox. Which one? It's equinox, right? Yes, it's spring anyway. Here's my spring poem. Um, think, um, the speaker in the poem is on, on, on the phone with his father, and the speaker in the poem is watching taped replays of the Los Angeles riots. So if you can uh, go back to the Reginald Denny beating. Uh, his father, who's deaf, has uh, got the volume turned up on his TV, and his father's watching pornography. Um, and I was thinking in terms of sympathetic magic. In the old days, people would go out into the fields and make love in the fields in order to ensure a good harvest. So this is my poem of sympathetic magic, singing spring into being. It's called On a Phone Call with Two Televisions. Now yesterday's riot streams over the current as an ongoing now. The man already bled, but there again bleeding in the Los Angeles blast zone, crawling on stunned hands in front of his truck. The good eye hovering, nearly weightless, and it's turning back over to record our trance. Side of the foot to the stomach. A concrete block unbelievably raised and brought to the head. My father just keeps on talking, for his part, watching pornography, a man and woman groveling ever louder into his partial deafness so his nerve ends snap and his heart thrashes like a sunfish in his hooded chest. What can I do but listen? 
Through the grains and spun strands of the cable, the planet's ground swells. Riots of yellow pollen shifting like great seas in the wind. In the nest of my ear, the distortions of AT&T whistling, subsonic like a sprouting grass. All of it in accidents and fragments of attention. A crude sampling arguing spirit, each man gluing one side of his hearing brain to the miraculous pixels. Pornography and deafness, murderously good fucking and deafness. A pale blue spider darts here, not there, beside the blood red coffee mill. To its elemental phlegm, my daughter thumbs it, says it's time for school. My father just keeps on talking over the commercials and political lip sync, holding up each new surgery's harvest like a string of perch. The local weather indistinguishable from the rioting and his dying. My working, my daughter's school lunch into the process. I've soft bread in my hands. Her walking in later to butterfly a kiss into the matrix. Something, something. My television clicks. A voiceover prints through the shine of my ear. It's my father gasping to say it's spring again. In Iowa just now, a goldfinch has landed in his maple. As a uh, young boy, I would take my uh, uncle to the movies. Uh, he was retarded, is uh, the term we used in the old days. He was a, a boy crucified in a man's body. Uh, I was quite young at the time and would sort of watch people uh, react to him. And this is a poem about that. It takes its title from a John Wayne movie called the Hell or called Hellfighters. Uh, John Wayne played Red Adair. He put out uh, oil fires. Um, it's called Hellfighters. It was never the size of his penis that made them blanch there in the men's room at the Paramount, but it always started there. The casual downward glancing first and then the slow panning upward as in the horror shows, as if to heighten their recoil and physical revulsion. You could see it in how they zippered quickly, barely glanced at themselves in the row of distorting mirrors as they raced over the gum-dented carpeting to that first blast of summer daylight. I know now that what they wanted was simply profile, some recognizable set of the jaw to soothe them as the movie had with Wayne's heroics, all grim-faced and completely business, the camaraderie of men pissing with other men into porcelain drains. But what they saw was this, the beautifully sad and girlish face of my mongoloid uncle, his eyes glistening with such pure joy through the haze of drugs that it must have embarrassed them first, then stunned them to the very roots they held, the complicity of it, as if those crack-stick genes could be theirs, the constant st stress to the crown of the skull not to unwind. It's no wonder they fought their way to daylight, accepted with open arms the blast furnace shock of the sun. It's no wonder women pushed their children deeper onto their straws as we, as we ambled slowly past the incoming crowd, always the last ones out. He had to understand some aspect of the cranes and fires and blasts. Besides, he craved my nickels, my, our bus fare home. Would drop each one gleefully into the ticking metallic box as if he were my guide or father 
and this instruction, a casual summer outing, as we held tight to the chrome rail against the chop of traffic, our palms lashed to the heat and residue of the just now pulled away hands. Another spring poem. Uh, one Sunday morning I went walking look f looking for a poem and I ended up by the river watching people fish downstream from uh, the wastewater treatment facility, <laughs> of all things. And I began to think about what it meant to uh, take communion. The poem's called Drawn the Water Near the Wastewater Treatment Facility. So this is where the used condoms swirl, as pale and blind as deep water fish of desire slackened, wads of Kleenex leaves, butterflies and moths in sugary amber. All around the three-staged ponds, oak roots angling in, seeking the cracks and leachings. Downstream, diaphanous webbings, swags of ether. Idle Sunday, they hold me in and hold the river back so it can heal me. Good horse spangling the drop through can bless our town's poor who are here now fishing. They eat what they catch with its skewed anointing. They're up to their ankles in the river, muttering Chinese and Spanish, a beautifully damaged English, sunlight hesitantly reddening their bare necks and open collars. I could quote them Ovid, maybe, describe the metallurgical blur in a drop of lake water, or what floods from the sewers when it rains hard here, and they just laugh and lay their soft arcs back across the water, reel them in with a whip saw ratcheting. And they're right, maybe. The contaminants are inlaid elsewhere, risen wafer and tongue to another cool precinct, they're not here in the daylight spilling upstream its skid of lumber, not in the soft, methodical thrashings of the paddle wheel. It's different now that it's afternoon. I should talk instead of how an April heat spiked early, the forsythias ablaze in a fury of pollen, the nights gone dry mouth, gone cotton mouth, too sudden. How waking we, spl we splash ourselves with chilled, expected purity gulp it down by the handfuls. Uh, poem about nuns. <laughs> Many years ago in Lansing, the uh, Shroud of Turin, or the replica of the Shroud of Turin, full-size replica, went on tour like Elvis. Uh, ended up at a Lansing Civic Center. I dragged my family there. It was uh, this beautiful, huge thing. It's, uh, I don't know, 18 feet long, four feet by 18. It's just, it looks like this gorgeous moth's wing. It was guarded by a couple of Knights of Columbus who looked like um, Art Carney and Jackie Gleason with plastic swords sort of parading back and forth. Uh, they started talking and, uh, about the shroud. At some point, the shroud was burned and needed to be repaired, and they started talking a little bit about it, and I leaned in enough to get enough information, and I leaned back out real quickly because I didn't want to know too much about it. Uh, and this is a poem about uh, those nuns repairing the shroud. I was thinking how they would, if they were using needles, they might 
prick their fingers and actually bleed into the shroud themselves. Um, the poem's called Repair Work. They must have bled as they sang. The needles so quick through the linen, the frayed mesh, the silvers must have stung them. Pinpricks they must have stemmed with their tongues, unembarrassed these brides of Christ. Like sewing patches of sunlight to water, the ghost in the cloth lay double across their laps. These are the hips of Christ, knees raw bone inking the linen, this the stain of a coin that graced his eye, the image is yet unpatterned, available only should they dare to look in random angles, stitches. Terrible gash at a medial rib, imprint, sole of his foot, the other merely heel, curve of a branch at its one end blackened, released to ash, their fingers as furious as sparks in the medieval dusk, repairing a fire. They must have wept as they bled, as they sang. poem about my daughter when she was a child. Uh, the, the poem is just simply holding her up to the light and uh, beginning to think about how uh, pure and uh, untainted uh, her, her flesh was and how soon as she began to breathe the air and eat the food, uh, that process of contamination and growing old and dying basically was beginning. The song's called Song Newborn. When I held her up to the light and the light held angling lazily over the pond and congested rotary, I could already see the impurities that would take her, could already see the new flesh smeared by the oil of my hands, could feel against my cradling arm her lungs straining like twin pumps against the corrosive tides of air. I always wonder if she twinged when the city buses passed, filling our house with the scent of fuel, or if she locked easily, quickly, to the alternating rhythm of traffic and ocean breezes, because even the body's other engines must wear in, accommodate themselves to the pace of an accelerating heart, no bigger than a tea bag, but furious in its pumpings. The city buses worked late into those summer evenings, marked our lives with the haze of diesel and boiling tar that I inhaled and coughed back up as I woke nights to console her. And as I sang, she calmed. The buses ripped seams the length of the street in predictable intervals, my nose just grazing the perfect healing unguent of her hair. A, a poem about uh, that period of time where you don't know what sex is all about, yet you kind of sense that your parents are having sex, uh, but you don't have any terms for it. Uh, 
It's, it's also a poem about my father's tattoo. He went into the Navy and got drunk one night and got a tattoo. And when he came back, he wanted to get married. And the tattoo was this sign of utter sin. And uh, one night, he uh, took out a double-edged, chic double-edged razor and a, uh, I always think it's a bottle of whiskey, but it was really a bottle of aqua velva. Uh, and very carefully sort of cut his tattoo out and splashed aqua velva into the wound. And it became a different kind of emblem for me. So this, this is a poem about his, his tattoo and uh, being young and, and, and uh, sensing something's going on. It's called A Fish Story. Water was as good as mercury the night I dropped the catfish in and watched it swirl calmly clockwise, counterclockwise against the pale's dented sides. From the top, it was all false volume, wind-filled, water-filled, as beautiful as a scarf, some lightweight metal, miraculous alloy. I watched it swim for hours. Now and then, I'd curve my hand into the pail and let the dorsal, pectoral cut of the gill scrape my fingers, skinny wrist. Even then, I knew it was dying. It's steel blue, the same steel blue along my father's forearm, Witness the botched scar, the uneasy mix of ink and tissue where he calmly razored until his tattoo bled. How out of it issued to his son desire's mute howl. Iowa farm boy, Sing Tao Pier, a hooker bargaining for the gold of his wire-rimmed glasses, sunlight like gunshot near the breakwater, smell of creosote, moss, negotiation, the reflections twisting, bleeding silks on the uncertain texture of the harbor. At least, that's what I thought the night my mother sang and my father ignited charcoal. The fish in the pail slowly circling, her hands, then fingertips, on the spray of his wound, as if she could delay what I had called from thin walls and ceilings, from cracks in the door, his quick eyes suddenly bluing to hesitant laughter. A new poem. And this one's about, I guess, sensual pleasure. And uh, at one point, I, uh, Degas' uh, paintings were on tour. Uh, they were in Chicago, uh, painting after painting after painting after painting of gorgeous women's backs. And this is a poem that tries to do something similar. It's called uh, the, the Wave Dissected. The wave dissected is no less remarkable for its unfocused passion than my fingertips right now working a lavender-scented lotion onto a woman's back. From the base of the spine, then up and over knotted vertebrae, touching her rib cage with my palms, my hands, frangible chalk, sweep in leaf-like, fan-like patterns. The deep movement the same but different, the pressure different, her response different, my fingertips blown apart to the nothingness of spray. There's no color for this in the dark, though I say vermilion with an undercoat of grain, though something pastel-tinged must linger in the drying lavender streaks. 
I can feel the moisture wick into the very skin, receptive lateral canvas she's tipped on her side, some of the moisture already gone to deep water presence. Now she turns and her throat tightens blue at the collarbone, now stirs and his breath externalized. Curtains swing a little in the breeze, each window propped with a slightly curving stick to let more air in, time reduced to milk cloud and hidden star point. Now a cat breaks over the edge of bed and crushes blankets, licks at a paw, curls in that zone between the energy of sleeping waves, which cannot touch except through fingertip, the casual because waves are mindless, reaching over so nipples harden and belly shines. Moonlight lengthens in the still room, adumbrates what must be some last wren-shaped fluttering, bird or wind in down-leaning maple, single white arm tapered ribline, upper thigh, one hand idly churning. Now hair swept up with angular palm stroke, neck cords flaring, as if water itself were one part wind, and this it's leaping out in muscular form, molten arc, briefly held instant, I keep my hand at her throat, transition, follow curve, pearled glide of collarbone, more transition, wave swell, breathing and then not breathing, and then more change, transition, window pane, flash of traffic, the black air hooding it all with measureless silk. I, I didn't plan on reading this poem, but I will because it kind of me, uh, matches up or uh, echoes what uh, Carrie read. Uh, it's a poem for my mother. It's called Rain Stick. My, uh, I was teaching a poem, uh, teaching a class, uh, a Seamus Haney poem called Rain Stick, and I had a rain stick, and I was moving it back and forth, and it suddenly occurred to me that that's sort of the same movement that a, a nursing mother would make with her child. Uh, so I wrote this poem, Rain Stick, uh, I, the, the secondary connection was my mother had just uh, uh, had a breast removed and now was getting chemotherapy. So the rain stick suddenly met, uh, morphed into the, uh, the IV of uh, chemotherapy. So it's a, a poem called Rain Stick. It's for my mother. Whose hair is growing back, she tells me. So that time might enter the child more easily, she pitched him one way and then another, droplets falling through him like fevered rain, slick as honey, building as a cloud might build, his soft slurping, low radio noise from the next room, music or spoken word. Some of the milk pooling so he nearly gags on the unmeasured brilliance of its wealth, Iowa sunlight, Iowa wind through the curtains as flimsy as a house dress. Such worlds recalled, the silk thread and scent of it on ethereal lips, times blush everywhere like thinning paint, brushstroke of whispering voices, cooing of harsh dove, the body tipped and held and rocked until the very flesh was wood and milk and light, doorway through which she entered shining. 
seeing mercury bubbling on the linoleum floor, a child's dirty hand pushing it this way and that as if to refill the chamber, jackknife back into the swollen pocket, peeled twigs, snake that billowed the shirt and dropped like water's black diamond black child through a hole in the earth. Deep in a head-high field of corn, I hunkered once as she cried my name and would not come out. A pony elsewhere, working its dry flank against a shot rail. Splinters my hands later forged, arms and face and legs panicked raw to the leaf's chemical burn. Now slur of taxol into the very root and vein of her, Benadryl drip. The bags of fluid gone silver as a midsummer noon, heaven the blue of aluminum, her breast a crushed flower, a garden might not love for its rotting sickness, but would carry nevertheless into the sting and presence of pollen, bees, nests which were brought to her in a child's smudged hands, eggshell still specking the rims, cool whiteness of a bullhead's belly the webwork of its intestines on the jackknife like seeded jam, thrust of a crawdad's pincer, the small towers of mud they erect on the creek line's polished bottom, water smearing the cut with miraculous foil, the child's eye upon it, upon everything. It is good luck. I wish I had a, I would think I wish I had a train poem to read. I don't have a train poem. But I do. This is this will be my last poem. I do have a, a driving late at night on a back country road and uh, hitting uh, almost hitting a deer poem. <laughs> uh. Poem's called The Body of a Deer, The Body of Jesus. Sometimes the body of Jesus is no more remarkable than a branch of water held suspended as if on a roof line's edge, a frozen, bloodless torso, so it can hover in our minds a while and not fall down and not fall back, and we can linger in the stalled crystal measure of its spill. Though when the sun flares, the process is insubstantial, smell of jet fuel from the coal plant, wafer-thin sheets of it, evaporating on the back of the river. Once canoeing a different season, I saw it drift, a tawny flag among pink and purple grasses, so quickly gone, all I glimpsed was a blur of wheat and stutter of weeds. Not one thing could I say then, the body of my boat enthralled a current wrong way against the pull of wind. And yet, I believe I saw it, Believe my eyes touched the loft and whip of the close-cropped hide. As on that winter midnight, the full heavenly creature arced onto the pavement, a single buck who just stood there mid-lane contemplating my speed and headlights, the elegant feather of my car's careening. Someday, I know, I will go crashing straight to Jesus, become his one good nail, a back-road night, Jupiter and Saturn, bright specks along the ecliptic. No longer will I startle him at prayer, hear his harsh cry of astonishment in the distance marsh, late summer twilight, 
that time of day when even the air is three-dimensional and falls so easily gold and the small fires the grass is burn perpetual and clean. He will lay down hard against my fender, puncture glass and bleed, a foreleg striking at air like one of God's beautiful branches, or perhaps the entire length of mu muscle, twice a man's, will shudder and convulse, finally stilling as the moon stills and drops its powdered horn into the treetops. It will, regardless, decompose for days until somebody comes and lays a fine coat of lime about its head and haunches. So the deer is angel then, debris all around it stressed to diamonds. One driver, me, passing by for weeks, thinking how the body of Jesus is like the body of a deer and how all along this roadside is cardboard trash, so casually tossed, so easily rendered, hunched up in the shapes of men and deer. Thank you very much. No, 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 no. Thank you. To entrance any man into a four-day, lost my wits while drinking too many olive martini string bikini stupor. And the shoes. <laughs> So I even still let the spikes of super sexy sarcom to your kick-ass actions. Yeah! In tight, slick like a slip and slide on a steamy heart of July. Leather pants, seamed like slacks accentuating every switch, dip and curve. Carefully crafted to cling comfortably while performing kung fu, karate, judo, or shizutsu. That's right. A Charlie's angel knows how to move. She can do the Ricky Martin rumba and rummage into any ruthless man's shorts. <laughs> Mamba with a margarita in her nimble manicured fingers and an inflammation matrix hidden carefully beneath her crimson donica and cocktail dress. Tango with a pistol wedged precariously between her perky powdered breasts. <laughs> a Charlie's angel is a real thing. No plastic surgery, saline inserts, facelifts, tummy tucks, wonder bra, 120 pound wonder woman, minus the invisible jet and magic lasso. She can climb a fence faster than a cat in heat. Triple flip and somersault like Mary Lou Ratton on an Olympic sweep attack. Swoop a helicopter while applying mascara. And a little pink eye shadow right below the brow line to accentuate the line of her cheek. Scale a skyscraper in a spandex. Ride a roadhog like a Holly Davidson horny with a black little helmet and a scowl to boot. Jump a ski shot over a mountain of Mongols and slide into a ski lodge locked, loaded, and ready to rumble. <laughs> this is it. Hands up. You're under arrest. Spread them, sucker. Yeah, I mean, you move it. Pat him down and check him for any hard weapons. She's a diva of disguises, the darling of drug deals, the goddess of gallery heists, the bombshell babe of bank robberies and bomb threats, the princess of the police force. Danger is a lollipop in a Charlie's Angel's mouth. Danger. She relishes it and begs for another lick. So move over, James Bond, Dick Tracy, Austin Powers. Action has never been disgraceful. This arabesque, this scantily clad. A Charlie's angel always gets her man.
is Other Side by uh, Liquid Jerry. Am I right? Okay. My eye is high voltage. Information from my mind, the grip of the hand, can and does determine who I am. To you, nothing but confused and lost, having to pause just to laugh. My mind always thinking thoughts that are real or hallucinating, precious, pure, discriminating, hard-fought conflicts explode like war on an unknown seashore. Ferocious in fight, a crash-landed flight. What a nuclear sight. My shoes traveled the asphalt of the globe, the seven seas of culture, tidal waves of late, remove the inner tube and life jacket and drown in the bowels of pleasure within the confines of the solar system. And smile your smile like the rays of the sun warming the souls who wander looking for something that might never come and dream dreams of wants and needs. Bad luck, good luck to thee. Those that whimper at the rising moon become entranced by the star that reflects the glistening of the brow that has sweat from a hard day's thinking. Overheated and now ready to cool down, you crack like cold glass embraced by extreme heat. The pieces make up the whole but can never be reassembled, for the edges are tempered and some are caught in the winds of disgust, thrown to join the sifting sands of some unseen desert, hidden by the trees that cast shadows of darkness on the plains of the, old, of the wild west. For now the streets are quiet, but listen to the sounds of the voice that speaks with no face. Music created to the ears of the tuned, clear and precise, no set frequency, just the rhythm and blues of life and its essential ecosystem. Far and beyond the apex of the colored arc is a pot of gold that is supposedly the seat of happiness. Beware of the gold when it turns to green with envy those that are around you. The yellow brick road leads nowheres, and the bright blue skies are red with the hues of the northern lights. The purple haze has shocked the nation. Bring in prime time vibrations. This is my station. Yeah. A choice, man. You can hear a poem that might offend you and you have to use your imagination on, or, or, or you can hear another poem that I really like to do a lot. Offensive or non-offensive? All right. Greg, you have to forgive me on this one. I know you didn't give me a copy of this for this specific reason, but. That does it, I'm getting a vagina. As a straight white male, I can't say crap about the way I watched you sucking down that cherry cola with a moist spot growing between my velvety thighs. Velvety thighs? I can't say velvety thighs. If I made a reference to staring hard at your erect nipples, I would loathe, you would loathe the ground I walk on. But if I had a vagina, I could say moist slacks. And the male judges would cream their pants. But if I say moist slacks without a vagina, you people would kick my ass. That does it. I'm getting a vagina. Todd Bannon will be my greatest fan. He'll invite me to dinner with his wife and watch Susan watching me, wishing, hoping, praying that I really do have a vagina. When I get a vagina, I'm going to have a one-hour orgasm at the ribbon-cutting ceremony, and I'm not going to mount my vagina between my legs like everyone else. Hell no! I'm going to have it riveted to my chest so I can watch it quivering beneath my wife-beater tank top. And, uh, and I won't write any goddamn vagina poetry either. I'll just press it up to the microphone and let it purr. <laughs> All eligible suitors will have to crawl on their hands and knees through shredded 
asbestos and broken beer bottles to approach my vagina, and they will plead like little girly boys. Oh, hello, Mrs. Mr. Bliss's vagina. How are you doing this fine evening? They will stammer. Oh, oh, Mr. Bliss's vagina. Do you come here often? Or Mr. Vagina, Sir Mr. Bliss vagina. Can I buy a drink for your vagina? And my vagina will roar back at them. Piss off, you dirty motherfuckers! And I will compare my vagina to every other vagina walking through that front bar door. But if I had a vagina, I wouldn't let you near it. I would tease and sway and stroke and pout and shake my ass and bray like a goat and then go home and put my vagina back in its box and dream about having something hard and long and silent to dick with when I got bored with chopping at gadzooks for something to face my, feature my tasty little organ. And if by some chance of cruel fate I became the National Poet Laureate, I will demand that all vaginas everywhere be sewn shut so that my vagina is the only vagina that can ever be heard. My vagina will stand for all vaginas everywhere. All vaginas everywhere will weep in their solitude. And when my vagina, vaginal tissue is tragically rejected by my testosterone disease body dying, a painful, shuddering man-like death, largely pupiled children will bring baskets of flowers to lay at the base of my monument on the mall in Washington, D.C. And George W. Bush will have to rise. Every morning, scratch his ass in a second-store bay window of the White House, throw his parcheesy dice to see who will actually be in charge today, and then bask in the glory of a 300-foot statue bathed in magenta mood lighting commemorating my beautiful, luscious, moaning, glistening, evening, stapping, homely mother of God-endorsed goddess of the immaculate grafting. Oh, Mr. Bliss's vagina, can we crawl back in our holes right now? Yes, damn it, yes! Vagina. If you untie me, I will literally suck your dick right now. I told you for the last time, I love the pussy. I'll cradle the balls, stroke the shaft, work the pipe, and swallow the gravy. Get it over here, buddy. Let's do this.